You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 725 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. On this week's show, we're talking to a couple of very successful riders directly off the North American Youth Championships last week, Mary Claire Piller and Claire Robinson. After that, Lori Bell returns for a trainer tip about the mental aspect of competing. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. How are you? I was just going to say, well, welcome back to this time zone. <laughs> well, well I wouldn't say, yeah. Really tired. I, so I, I'm a little, a little tired now. Yes. Yeah, so I actually was in um, Holland and Germany last week, uh, horse shopping. So we found a horse, but he has to vet. So I'm not ready to announce anything yet, but uh, definitely was a great process. Uh, my wingman for the week was Jessica Gaston. And um, she's been on the show before. She has uh, worked with me since she was 15. She's now 28. So it was really fun. It was her first trip to Germany and Holland. And uh, she was an awesome co-pilot. So I I definitely feel that's a trip you should do with a friend. (laughs) Philip has come (laughs) with me before. Yes. And uh, because, you know, it's hard to travel internationally. And then it's nice to have a friend to be with you. It's nice to have like a a navigator or, you know, somebody you can talk to at the end of every day. Just, uh, you know, if you're looking at horses, then you need to you know sort of recap things and and make some notes and and that kind of thing. And yeah, you you better you better bring someone. It's a good, it's a good trip to bring a friend on or, or a trainer or just, you know, in this case, you know, cause you just see different things, you know, it's just fun even just seeing pictures from like trying horses. Cause as you guys know, if you've ever tried a horse, there's a lot going on in your brain. If you're the one looking, I mean, you're looking, do I, do I like it? Do we, is he sweet or she's sweet? Um, you know, you're talking to people and, and we called it speed dating. I mean, that's really, I haven't dated in a very long time, but it is like speed dating. Um, you know, it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, you're, you're meeting this person for the first time or this horse for the first time and it's quick and yeah, you yeah, get what, a little bit. What's the vibe? Yeah. What, what's what, yeah. what vibe are you getting off of this horse? Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, do I like the vibe? Do I like his color? Do I like his personality? <laughs> um, you know, and then, and then you're trying it. It's a foreign country. I mean, there's just a lot going on. So it is really nice to have a second person. And then we had some wonderful agents that are, that are helping us as well. Um, you know, but exactly by the end of the day, you know, you've seen in between, we saw 32 horses the entire time. And that was just horses we saw in the flesh. We saw even more videos. So it does, it gets really confusing. Like, who, what was its breeding again? Like, (laughs) but you also start to see some trends, which is quite fun. You know, when you're like, oh, we've seen several Toto juniors, like what were they like? The horse I'm looking at is a Desperado. So, you know, we saw a couple of those. So you kind of start to see the breeding influences and especially in Holland, because it's such a small place um, in Germany too. 
but the, the stallions will, you know, they're crossing borders all the time. So, uh, it's pretty fun to do that. It's, it's just, a, it's speed. It is, it's speed dating and it's intense. And I'd like to say, you know, it's not a sightseeing trip really. I mean, I'm sure you could make it one, but when I go, I'm we're, we land and we start looking at horses right away. No question about it. Um, which is pretty cool. So, you know, the good thing is I do have great agents that they know me. And so they already know what I'm interested in, what I'm not interested in. I was, you know, fairly specific and I had, you know, a better budget than I had the first time I went a couple of years ago or the first time I bought a youngster. Um, So I had something fairly specific I was looking for. And again, it's the wider you can cast your net, the better. So it was, it was a great experience. Lots of fun. Of course, we, we definitely hit tack shops, but even by the end of that, you're kind of like, okay, I've, I've been to a lot of tack shops. We kind of start to see the same stuff, uh, which is, which is interesting because definitely with globalization, you know, we can now with the internet, you can get stuff from Europe all the time. So it used to be tack shops were really, really fantastic. And now, you know, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, we kind of get a lot of that stuff, but sometimes it's cheaper to get it there which is nice. So yeah, it was a great week. Well, Phil, we have a great show for everybody tonight. We hope you're going to enjoy it. Great interviews. So we're going to come right back with some gold medalists from the North American Young Rider Championships. I think you guys are going to love it after this break from Kentucky Performance Products. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that supports healthy muscle and nerve function by limiting cellular damage. Green grass is the best source of vitamin E for horses, but most horses don't spend enough time grazing to meet their needs. Hay, grain, and winter pasture provide little to no natural vitamin E. To ensure your horse's vitamin E requirements are met, choose Elevate. Elevate contains a readily available source of natural vitamin E. Elevate is cost-effective and easy to feed. To learn more about Elevate, visit the Kentucky Performance Products website at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we have an interview that's going to give you some goosebumps because it's giving me goosebumps. We have Mary Claire Pillar. She is the four-time gold medalist of this year's FEI North American Youth Championships for the Young Riders. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Well, this gives me chills because first of all, you and I have worked together this summer. Uh, You did an amazing job riding and selling my young horse. So um, of course (laughs) I was, I know I was rooting for you and um, through the whole (laughs) young rider process. And last year um, you live here in, in my town, you live on the other side of Lexington, but we're Uh kind of neighbors. And last year you rode a wonderful horse Oreo and you came on the show. You were a hit last year because he was a gypsy. <laughs> and yes, but really, where the chills come in, and and you're going to have to kind of tell everybody about that story. And then this year, you now came back with an amazing mare and won all four gold medals. You won the team, the individual, the team, and the freestyle. Um, so yeah, it's just amazing to have you on. So, um, oh, thank you first, so much. Yeah, introduce yourself a little bit again to our listeners, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. So I'm 21 years old. I'm originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, but I moved up to Lexington a couple years ago. So I'm still competing with the Region 3 team, but I'm technically in Region 2, and I'm an assistant trainer at a training and sales barn in Lexington right now. And she's amazing. So tell us, um, <laughs> tell us um, about your experience last year at Young Riders, because I think that's what comes into this story and makes oh, it even yeah. sweeter. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So the the mare that I was riding last year, she is a Gypsy Banner Cross mare. Just, she wasn't really bred for the sport, but she has a heart of gold and she's incredibly talented. Uh, just not the flashiest mover. And so, you know, the scores don't always reflect the hard training that, that she has in her. And so last year we, we qualified. We thought, oh, what a fun thing. We'll just go and do it. And we were on the gold medal team last year. And it was just such an amazing experience. I learned a lot at that horse show. The The team aspect of the competition was really fun. I met a lot of really great people. And so we thought, oh, well, we'll if you, you know, we have something going this next year, we'll go again. This is my last year as a young rider and just kind of see how it goes. And, and it went, it went, it went all right. So I think it went okay. So it tell went us okay. about your, your current mayor that you just won everything on. Yes. Yes. So she's, she's amazing. And I've been working with her for a long time now. And so she's owned by the head trainer here, Emily Brolier, who I work for. And so we got her kind of as a little bit of a project a couple years ago. Just She had, um, she needed a lot of patience. I had to restart her. Basically she had some time off. She needed some, some like TLC. And so I decided to bring her back into work with the help of Emily. And like, we even started her from square one, like back on the lunge line. Like I had her, I had to reteach her how to lead and, and how to load on a trailer. And, you know, the first time I wrote her was Emily was attached to the lunge line with me on her, like sending me forward from a whip and, and she had had training, like great training before that, but she just needed a little bit of, she, she, you know, I had some setbacks and so we kind of had to bring her back into the work and, and she took to it really well. And we thought, you know, we never really put any huge expectations on her. We just thought, oh, well, maybe I'll get my bronze on her and, you know, that'd be fun. And then we'll sell her and find her a good situation. But, you know, she just really kept getting better and better and better. And so I, I got my bronze on her originally, and then we worked to it. I got my silver medal on her. And then I just competed at Grand Prix on her last fall. And I, I got my gold medal on her. And then we thought, okay, well, let's, you know, it's my last year as a young rider. So we'll back her back down to pre-St. George because that's really easy for her and see how this goes. And she has just completely shined. I mean, every time I, I take her in the ring, I'm like, oh, well, you know, we'll try our best. And she always goes above and beyond for me. So it's just been really fun to have something and take something to young riders that I've kind of developed up the levels. And, and that, that was always really important to me and really special to me that I was able to do that. Oh, it's amazing. It is. That's so a great, amazing. I mean, it's a great story of, you know, returning to square one. Yeah. Make sure that the basics are correct. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and then just, you know, developing, but not pushing. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, there's a lot of great lessons in there. Yeah. Yeah. She has taught me so much, like not even just about the training, but like the mental well-being of the horse and, and making sure that she's, you know, happy and, you know, enjoying the work. And like, even the last day of young riders, 
it was, I mean, that's a really long horse show. You're there for a week and there's not a lot of room for them to move around. So I thought, oh, she's going to be stiff. She's not going to want to, you know, go to work the last day. She's going to be tired. And I got on her the last day of that horse show for the freestyle and I could barely hold her back because she was going to the ring. She was like <laughs> piaffing and she's like, let's go and like power walking. She's like, let's do this. I thought, oh my gosh, what a worker. <laughs> That is so cool. And just, yeah, like you said, a huge showing of what it takes that sometimes you just have to take a step back in training and see what the right method for for your horse is. Uh, so how does she handle the venue at Traverse City? Oh, she was great. The one thing I love about her so much is her how brave she is. I mean, there are flags and jumpers and, you know, water trucks and everything. And she just like took everything in stride and was super happy and brave going around that facility and schooled really well coming off the trailer. Cause it's a long drive. And so she, she took it all in super well. Also loved the trails that were around that horse show. It was, yeah. it was great. Oh, that's fantastic. So what's the next thing you guys are up to? So we are headed to Festival of Champions next week to compete in the Young Riders again and hopefully have similar outcomes. We'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, after that, it's, I mean, obviously she's, she is for sale. So if we still have her, I'm going to keep working her back towards the Grand Prix, kind of round the edges out from that and just kind of start working towards the U25. Well, I, I, th- I mean, that that sounds great. Can you, can you please tell our listeners and, and myself, because I'm Canadian, what is the difference yeah. between the youth championships and then you're on your way, you said you're on your way to um, yeah, Festival yeah, yeah. of Champions. Well, will you be competing against the same people or different people? It, like, yes. So, that go? so it's, it's similar. I, I think the the difference between Young Riders and Festival is the, the NAYC, that's the international horse shows. So that's the CDI that uh, includes Canada and Mexico. And there are a bunch of other countries too in, in North America that come as well. And the festival, I believe is just the national show. So it's a prestigious horse show, but it's, I think it's more for just the U S. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's the same. So you'll compete against all the U S riders next week, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I, I love it. So what would be kind of your inspirational thought from last year to this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just really thrilled to go again and, and I was, I was very happy that, you know, Oreo's owner had let me take her last year to really learn. And, you know, I mean, we did, we did well, but I mean, we were not top of the pack or anything like that. And so we just decided to go again this year and, and, you know, try to do a little better because this mare is, I mean, just spectacular and with, with everything we learned last year on Oreo, um, it just, it really helped us this year with, with karma taking her and, and gave, giving me a lot of experience to go back in the ring and have confidence to be able to do it. Yeah. I think that's actually really uh, critical for young riders. You know, that happens with a yeah. lot of kiddos that, you know, their first couple of years, they go on more of a schoolmaster. Um, and yeah. then as, as they get older and a little bit more confident they're able to, to go on a different horse. So, um, yeah. I just love your story. I'm so proud of you. I remember saying last oh, year, I was so like, much. 
you know, you, you did an amazing job and not kind of seeing this year. I was sad. I missed it in person, uh, but Mary, we're so proud of you. So if anybody has questions for you, uh, how can they find you online? Oh, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is just my name, Mary Claire Pillar. And my Instagram is Mary Pillar with, I think, two R's at the end. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much all the social media that I do. It's enough for me. <laughs> I, I think you're a pretty busy lady. I, 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 you ride how many horses a day? <laughs> oh, man, I did. I did 10 today. <laughs> that was slow for me. <laughs> that is slow, but she does a great job. Well, we're so proud of you and uh, congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. One of the most requested segments that we have on the Horse Radio Network is about insurance. Insurance on your horses and your farms. It can be confusing. Glenn the Geek sat down with Fry's Insurance and put together a five-part series answering all of those questions. We will play one a month for you, and hopefully this answers some of those questions. Welcome to Horse Insurance 101 by Fry's Equine Insurance at friesequineinsurance.com. We have Susan Strasser here today from Fry Insurance, and she has agreed to help us with a five-part series on insurance, helping us all understand what we are buying and what we need. Today, we are starting with horse medical and mortality insurance, and next month, we'll talk about liability insurance. So, Susan, tell me a little bit about Fry Insurance. Well, hi, Glenn. I'm happy to do that. Uh, Fry's Equine Insurance was started back in 1984 uh, by Jim Fry. And I came to work for him in the early 90s, was just part-time assistant, and uh, soon realized that this was something that I really enjoyed doing. And so I bought the agency in 2011 and have been running it ever since. Well, that's really cool. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So how many states do you guys service? Because I know when we've talked about having agencies on before, they only maybe covered one state and it, you know, it didn't apply to a lot of our listeners. Right. In um, in insurance, you have to be licensed in every state that you're going to do business in. And so Fry's is licensed in 17 states, and we're mostly up the East Coast and in the Midwest. And the information we're giving today, no matter what state you live in, uh, is going to mostly be correct. Every state's a little bit different, but we're going over the basics. We're taking a look at the big view. So most of this is going to be correct wherever you are, but you'll want to check with your local agent. Exactly. If, if you're not in Fry's territory. So, <laughs> So what companies do you represent? Uh, for mortality and medical, we mostly represent with Great American Insurance and the Hartford. We have other companies that we can write with if your horse doesn't fit into one of their programs. What types of insurance do you do for horses and farms and horse people? Okay, we start with the, the horse itself. We can write mortality and medical insurance. Uh, if you own a farm, we can write a farm owner's policy, which works just like a homeowner's, but we can also add the equine liability in there for you, whether you're boarding or training or doing lessons. Uh, for the independent, we can write a standalone liability policy so that you can take that coverage with you um, to, to wherever you're doing your lessons. And if you're a club or you're putting on a show, we can also write standalone policies for you as well. So today we're talking about medical mortality insurance for horses. Do they always go together or can they be bought separately? Uh, no. Mortality is the actual policy. And then the medical options are an add-on to that policy. Gotcha. So you can buy mortality separately? Yes. You get just life insurance basically for your horse? 
That's exactly right. Okay. So why should someone insure their horse? And, you know, what kind of people should insure their horse? Well, when you buy a horse, you put an investment, you you pay for the horse, you're putting a lot into it. And so you want to protect your investment, simply like life insurance for people. Um, so you want to recover that if something would happen to your horse. Now, the medical insurance, again, like people insurance, gives you protection if if something would happen, a colic, lameness, something like that. So it's anybody who feels that they need to protect the investment in their horse. Oh, and, you know, vets are so cheap. I don't know why anybody would worry about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At what? So what age can you start? You know, can you start with babies? What's this? Yes, we can insure horses once they're 24 hours old. Really? And then we can insure them through the age of 20. Now, some coverages, some medical options aren't available um, all the way through the age of 20, but we'll work with you on that to let you know as your horse gets older. So I didn't realize that it was that young. I always thought it was uh, several months old, but... <laughs> yeah, no, you can do them uh, once they're 24 hours. Now, the premium's higher, and so you're going to pay more because there's obviously more of a risk that something could happen in that first 30 days. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't do that, but there are some valuable horses that once those babies are born, they need to protect them. It is So the oldest age then is 20, right? Yes. Okay. Is there At a- least for full mortality coverage. Now, you can insure your horse after the age of 20 with what we call limited mortality, which is a very select few things that the horses could die from. So it's not anything like the full mortality policy. Is there a minimum value? So my horse, I bought my horse for $1,000, right? And, you know, is there Mm -hmm. a minimum value for a policy? No, there's not a minimum. Um, Some companies won't offer uh, medical insurance on lower value horses, but with the Hartford, we can write... um, medical on any value of horse. Oh, wow. Okay. So what happens, we talked about colic, right? And heading to the vet. What happens if my horse has been treated for colic? Can it still get the, you know, the, the full policy? As with anything, there are always exceptions. So it depends on whether the horse um, has a history of colic, whether it had a colic surgery, whether there was a resectioning done. So if a horse has had a colic once and done, and and it's been healthy, um, you know, for over a year, then we can typically go ahead and get colic put on that horse. But if there's a history or if there is a resectioning done, then you're probably not going to be able to get coverage for colic. So it's kind of like people, if you've had massive heart attacks uh, in the past, that they're going to look at that and go, I'm not going to insure you for a million dollars right now. That's right. Yeah, That's okay. right. But the longer you go, the more chance is that you can get insurance. Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So with the, as you said, with the colic surgery, uh, then what? So my, my horse did colic. I had colic surgery. Yep. With colic surgery, typically the company wants to see that the horse has been colic free for at least a year since the date of the surgery. So if that's the case, then we can go ahead and get Um, the mortality and the medical coverage or a colic endorsement put on it. Um, And again, as long as there hasn't been a history of colic prior to that. Um, Now, in saying that, you can still insure your horse who's had colic, but they may just exclude colic from your policy. So you can still get the mortality and the major medical coverage. Major medical is going to cover you know, other things, lameness or 
um, laceration, things like that, but it may just exclude uh, colic coverage. That's interesting because that's the same way they'll do it in people too. Yes. Yep. Yes. So, um, so let's talk about while you're transporting a horse. I always wondered about this. So if I'm moving my horse, I'm heading to a horse show or just go trail riding and something happens in the trailer. Okay. So transporting your horse would be covered under your mortality policy, as long as you're transporting within the U.S. and Canada, because that's the scope of what our policies cover. Okay. Now, there are people who are buying their horses overseas. So we see a lot of them in Europe uh, wanting to ship their horses home. We can also add a transportation coverage if they're flying home um, to a policy And so that you'll have the coverage from the time the horse is loaded onto the plane until it gets here. And then you can opt to either continue that coverage, you know, for the balance of the year or just have it, you know, for the flight home. If I'm concerned about being able to pay my vet bills, I'm a horse husband. I'm always thinking about those things. All (laughs) of us horse husbands are. Um, And if my horse becomes ill or has an injury, what types of coverage are available for that? Okay. So again, we start with mortality and then we're going to add on uh, different medical options. So we can start with uh, a colic only endorsement, which is going to cover required treatments and surgeries related to just a colic, or you can choose a surgical endorsement, which is only going to pay for required surgeries. So it could include colic or any other type of surgery. Or you can go with a major medical option. Major medical is going to cover required treatments and surgeries up to the limit you select. So most companies are offering different limit levels uh, for you to choose from, depending on, on your budget and where you feel comfortable. That would be it for the medical coverages. So how about loss of use? Is there any loss of use coverage, meaning I can't use my horse? You know, I guess this would more apply to the serious competitors out there. Yes. Loss of use is being restricted to certain uses by most companies now. So if your horse is a a venter, reining, um, a jumper, dressage, you can uh, then look at adding loss of use to your policy. So the way loss of use works is if your horse is injured or has an illness that makes him permanently unable to perform the use that you purchased him for, um, then you then you could go into loss of use. So it is an add-on to the mortality policy. And all companies are a little bit different in how they pay. It is not 100% payout. Uh, so it's usually about 60 to 70% of the insured value. And once the company pays for that loss of use claim, then the rest of the coverage is canceled and you cannot get any insurance on the horse again. Okay. Are there uses or disciplines which do not qualify for coverage? Uh, no. Um, any horse can can be insured for mortality. But when it comes to medical coverage, uh, race horses, horses that are in, in intended to be raced, they do not qualify for um, any type of medical coverage. Well, now the big question is, what's it cost? Yes, that is the big question for everybody. And so that, of course, depends on many factors. So when you call us or send us an email to get a quote for your horse, what we're looking for is the breed, the use, the age, and the value of the horse, because all those will factor into what the rate is. As a horse gets a little bit older, when it turns 15, 
uh, for insurance purposes, it's considered overage. And so the rate then goes up. So it is always best to give us a call and we can um, be happy to give you that quote over the phone. How is it determined how much my horse is worth? You know, I'm going to do life insurance. How does that determine? Okay, so we typically start with purchase price, but if you've owned your horse for a while or you've raised your horse, um, then we'll look at things like uh, training records, show records, um, anything to show us why the horse is at the value that you have set for it. Um, You can do, we've seen statements from trainers, uh, but typically we're looking at that show record to see how well he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. All right, very good. Well, to get a quote, what do they do? They can give us a call at 614-875-3711 and talk with either myself or Ron Johnson, or you can go out to our website. There's a form out there that you can fill out or just shoot us an email at info at fries, F-R-Y-S, equineinsurance.com, and we'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. So if you'll listen in next month, we're going to discuss liability policies, liability for the horse owner for the independent, and for the farm owner. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than spalding fly predators. Well, tonight, I am so happy to have Claire Robinson. She is the winner of the U25 at the North American Young Rider Championship. This was the first year that division was held. Claire, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Me too. This is always, this is one of our, our uh, literally, we look forward to these interviews every year, the winners from the Young Riders. So Claire, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm from Edmonton, Alberta in Canada, which is quite a long way from Michigan where the competition was. Um, I've been competing dressage my whole life. Uh, It's a bit of a family affair. My mom also competes dressage and she actually shows in the CDI amateur classes and my sister competes in dressage. So it's a a long-term fixation for us. And this is my first proper year of competing at the championship. In the U25 division, I've had this course for about four years now, and I finished him up to this level myself. So it's been an absolutely surreal year for me up to the championships and through the championships and every day after, I'm sure. So, yeah, that's my story. So um, did you qualify in Calgary, in Vancouver? Like, like where are the competitions for, for you guys out west? So this year has actually been really an amazing year. We've had four CDIs up in Canada on the West Coast. But actually, I spent the winter down in California this past season with my trainer, P.S. Fortmuller. And uh, that's where we achieved most of our qualifying scores at the CDIs down in California. And then one of our most important set of scores we actually got at the Devonwood CDI in Oregon, which was the first CDI, I believe, that's been held in Oregon in quite a while. And it yeah. was really just a wonderful sort of stop on our trip to the championships to getting the qualifying scores. So yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, lots of opportunity this year, which is really, really wonderful on the West coast. No, absolutely. That's been, you know, one of the hardest things for every rider on the West coast, you know, coming to Florida is so expensive and, uh, but still that's a long way to drive. It's a huge commitment. So Claire, tell totally. us a little bit about your horse. 
Um, so my horse, Glamour Boy, we we found him in Holland. I was looking for a horse maybe with a little bit more experience. I had my eye on the U25 divisions. I knew I wanted to gain some experience in those departments. Um, and when we went to the stable that he was at, we actually went to look at a different horse. And when they, they said, oh, we have this other horse as well, like maybe you would t- like to take a look. It's a little bit greener. It's a little bit younger. Um, and they brought him in, and I remember my mom grabbed me by the arm and said, Claire, if you don't buy this horse for yourself, I will buy it for myself. This is the most beautiful <laughs> horse I've ever seen. And I've thought that every single day I've gone into the stable since then. He is just the most amazing horse. He's very sensitive. He's very ticklish. We have to dress him <laughs> up in new places in a Superman suit because he's the sort of horse that you go to take him for a walk, and, you know, his shavings have touched him, and they're on him. He thinks he's a bug. So... <laughs> Um, he's a huge character, definitely a huge learning curve for me, but I just, I love him. He makes every day worth it. So yeah, he's just amazing. So is that kind of like a, a, a Thunder Buddy suit? I remember mm-hmm. recently totally. had a dog yeah. that was like, yeah, had to be dressed up in the Thunder Buddy. Oh, gear Winston and... has one too. My oh, little Winston okay. has a totally. Thunder Buddy vest. We upgraded. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I understand because my dog needs one. Thing, yeah. When the storm comes, yeah. we we call it his his superhero outfit because he yes, likes to make him feel brave and you know, um, very full of himself because he he is he thinks he's the greatest. So yeah, we call it his little super superhero outfit, and we like to say we dress him up in it so that he can fight his you know his monsters in the stall all night long and feel tough and brave and capable, and it seems to work. So yeah, he's a. Uh, <laughs> He loves it. So, so talk talk to me about uh, about your sister a little bit. Uh, you know, you guys have different horses. Are, are you and your sister, you know, different type of rider, or you know, how how does that work? You know, at home, and then you have a mom to compete with for horses. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Um, my sister and I are both very competitive. We like to say that we're both totally the same and could not be more different. I. Uh, for example, I just graduated university with a history degree and she's like a sciences major with bio and chem. So let's say we have very different brains. We totally have different horses for everything that mine is, is loud and, and, uh, full of himself. Hers is like a little princess and so quiet. (laughs) So we've competed with and against each other quite a few times over the years and we're definitely competitive. Sometimes, you know, family dinner is a little bit interesting, but uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it's just so amazing to be able to do it with family and, and my mom too. My mom, of course, is a little bit more, uh, she's, she's a little happier to pass the ribbon off to either one of us than perhaps we are between each other. But, um, but yeah, I mean, how amazing that we get to travel together and, uh, and, and to do this sport together and definitely something that at the end of the day, no matter what kind of disagreement we're having, um, we're just so grateful to be able to do it with each other. No, I love it. Cause I also have a sister that I competed mm-hmm. with, um, and we did young riders together. She was four years younger. So, um, you know, she was kind of starting and I was kind of aging out. So it was fun to, to do that. But my mom used to say, she used to like literally, you know, say a prayer that, Either we would both make it or we would both not make it. But it, thankfully, each year we tried together, we both made it. So that was good. Oh, but yeah, it was totally. really, yeah. I mean, it was literally what our family did. So uh, totally. it's really fun to totally. have a sister. And I was the same, my, very different than my sister, very different horses. Um, but totally. it, it does lead some fun dynamics. Well, so 
Tell oh, us, sorry. kind of switching gears a little bit on on the test. I mean, this was the first time they've had the U25 division. So tell us a little bit about that and then a little bit about the test, et cetera. Totally. Um, when we sort of went into competing this year at the very start of the year, we didn't we didn't actually know whether or not it was confirmed or not. So we sort of built the season around just, you know, trying to improve the ride, trying to improve the timing and the feel during the test. And I mean, it was just so exciting to be able to qualify and to go. The pressure is unreal. I think probably every rider in that division would would say it's something really, really, really different. And I mean, my sister has gone as a young rider. I went actually once as a young rider back in 2019. And even when you've done it or when you stand it to somebody who's done it, it's totally different pressure. And I mean, I've shown international U25 before, but that, that team pressure and you know, this this big trip and this huge event, and it, it is just, I think, invaluable experience. I, I know um, lots of U25 riders and myself, certainly, were really hoping to step up to the senior level eventually, and hopefully yeah. make a senior team at some point in the future. Love it. So I just think it is just such incredible experience to be able to get a little taste of that in the U25 division and build those those skills. Fantastic. So any, any challenges? I mean, it's a super hard test. Can you kind of explain to people the test that you ride? Uh, totally. So the, we compete, the team test is the intermediate two test. And then the actual U25 test introduces some more difficult piazza massage lines. You have an extra zigzag in your trot half passes. So it's a little bit steeper. And of course, then you go up to nine two-time changes and 15 one-time changes. So uh, the flying changes in particular, although they seem like they're just on a straight line, um, <laughs> they've been one of the biggest, ever, I mean, everything is, of course, a challenge when you're learning, but the flying changes have been such a such a big challenge for me. And uh, it's just that, that timing, the balance, the feel for those, you know, tighter turns, sharper half, there are steeper half passes. It is just a very technical test and there's, just as many places for you to pick up points as there is to lose them. I definitely <laughs> learned that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's an amazing feeling when it goes right, and it definitely feels like you're drowning when it starts to go wrong. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's no no uh, time for thinking or or yeah, or no. you know or you know totally, getting in and out totally. of it. Totally, I know somebody asked me. They're like, so like, what are you thinking as you ride that test? And I'm like, I'm just thinking forward, like. <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. to the next like, am I thinking like it's it it is it is a crazy and that's again we're just learning to cope with the pressure because it is such a technical test and there's so many details the to be able to prevent yourself from cracking under that pressure is is uh, definitely well at least for me it was it was definitely a challenge and definitely like a huge learning experience. So you did a great job, you know, representing Canada. And uh, were we able to field an entire team of U25 riders? So uh, for this year's U25 team, we did teams of two riders. So we did. Um, oh, that's great. For, yeah, for that's awesome. Event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was really exciting for us. So uh, me and my fellow teammate, Brooke Mancusi, uh, we, yeah, we did manage to field a team for Canada. Yeah, that's Awesome. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, what tips would you give some riders when they're going from the young riders to the U25? Because it's a huge jump. It is a huge, huge jump. And I think uh, something that my coach told me that it's really stuck with me 
is, you know, there's this really big journey to get all the way to Grand Prix. And then you get there and it's like the journey just starts right over from scratch. And suddenly you feel greener than you've ever felt in your entire riding career so far. So I think the biggest tip is just keep your ears open and your mind open and, and keep learning and watching other riders and watching for those, just those little details and those little, you know, warm up tricks and tips. I think the biggest thing is just to stay so open to learning from absolutely everyone, I think has been the biggest thing for me. I love it. Well, Claire, so awesome. I'm glad you were the first winner of the U25 competition at the North American Youth Championships. That's amazing. So how can our Thank listeners you. find you online if they have any questions? So I am both on Facebook and Instagram. I am on Facebook just at Claire Robinson, uh, just a regular profile. And on Instagram uh, with the handle Claire Robinson with two R's for Robinson. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. As horse owners, we spend a lot of time on the road. Let U.S. Rider help keep you covered. Our equestrian motor plan offers fast, reliable, nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team. 24-7 coverage for both you and your horse. Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. Get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join U.S. Rider today. Well, for this week's trainer tip, we have Lori Bell, international rider from Canada. Lori, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So, Lori, what is your trainer tip for us this week? Well, um, for me personally, not so much as a, a coach, but for me as a rider, the one thing that I realized was a limiting factor in my success was the mental aspect. Of, of riding, of competing, of making a team, whatever. Um, you know, you can get the horse, you can get the good coach, but can you be mentally prepared? And at one point, I actually had, um, at the same time, two sports psychologists, uh, very different, very different approaches, but both super helpful to how I could use my mind in a better way approaching competition in particular. Absolutely. I love this because Lori, I've also had one and I still use her when I was competing internationally. I worked with her quite often, um, but yep. I still use her now that I'm not. And, and sometimes it's um, right now I'm changing sort of my just where I am and the place where I am. My Grand Prix horse is, is retiring and um, that changes things. And, and I think yeah. there's so many resources that they can give you. Um, I've also had a rider who was struggling recently. Uh, it was, it was job related, but of course it was coming into her riding as well. And so to yeah. be able to speak to a sports psychologist and work through sort of what was actually not a riding issue. It was a work issue, but uh, it was coming yeah. into it. And so I love it. 
Um, I think this is a great, great tip. And like you said, there's different types of sports psychologists out there. There are books. We've done some really good interviews with uh, book book club books. We have a book club here uh, at the podcast. We had we had a book uh, Ride Big with John Haim, and also the other one that I love. It's also an audio book. Is Brain Training for the Horse and Rider by Andrea Waldo. So those are two books we've, you can search on the podcast. Um, we had both of those authors on and they had great discussions. Um, so if you don't have access necessarily to a sports psychologist, but you want to read, those are two ones that I also recommend. I think they're, they're great resources. That's something I would be really interested in because the sports psychologist can get expensive. And to have some backup in, in a, an audio book or whatever would be awesome. Just to help you with how do you get into that so-called zone that some people seem to know how to do and other people need a little help with that, you know, to focus, uh, to get rid of the nerves, all of that stuff that can influence how you are in the ring competitively wise. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, uh, you know, it requires a lot of different skills to train a horse. And then how do you how do you take that you know to a horse show? And and there's a lot of people who yeah. won't you know don't like horse shows and aren't competitive at all. But uh, others you know uh, you get that itch and 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 want to want to do better even if it's not their specialty. And I think that's a that's a great way to just um, pick up those books or you know whether it's uh, at horseandriderbooks.com or um, or you can order them. Yeah, great 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 resources. Yeah, I love it. Well. Lori, thank you so much for your time today. If our listeners have any questions, how can they reach out to you? Um, they they can use my uh, email, Lori, L-O-R-I, at horsehavenimports.com, or they can go to my website and find uh, my email there at www.horsehavenimports.com. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Well, Phil, we've got a lot of email and Facebook shout outs coming. So we're really excited to work through those with you and uh, keep them coming. We love it. We keep them in the queue and, and keep going for it. So we also have a very exciting announcement. We have our new book club book coming, which we're really excited about. So it is called The Training Spiral by Sue Grice. Again, you can get that on horseandriderbooks.com. They're always great about helping us with new books that have come out. So we're really excited about this one. So grab it and get a hold of it so we can start to discuss. What do you think? I think that's awesome. I think, uh, yeah, horseandriderbooks.com is the best place to be getting, you know, our book club books. And the, the auditors should monitor their uh, their Facebook page because uh you know we we give out a copy of the book to one of the auditors and then interview them about it so yeah so it's gonna be great so we look forward to that as we move forward into the fall season well as always you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our page at horseradionetwork.com search dressage radio show like us on facebook just search dressage radio show follow us on twitter at horse radio my website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook or my email is 
philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and Fry's Insurance. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you.